Hello and welcome to some Derps Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango. And I am your co-host, Buddy. And today we're going to get a little bit political, but before we do that, Buddy, why don't you tell the folks at home what it is we do on this podcast? Well, it's simple. On this podcast, we talk about games. Uh, and unfortunately, gaming has been like the center of a gigantic controversy for the last week or so when it comes to Blizzard Entertainment, Hearthstone Esports, and their uh, their behavior surrounding uh, China and the Hong Kong protests. Um, I have to say, this is the weirdest fucking thing for me, right? Because like I've you know like I'm I I talk about Hearthstone all the time on the podcast. I really enjoy Hearthstone. I watch Hearthstone esports. You know, like I I keep up with some of the different pros, and I'll just have like Grandmasters, which is like the Hearthstone esports league in the background a lot of the time, just kind of like <coughs> turning into tuning into individual games. Um, and taking a look at the matchups and that kind of stuff. But, like, Hearthstone esports has never been popular, right? Like, League of Legends esports is big. And even, like, Overwatch is, like, pretty big. Where, like, when the big Overwatch League or uh, League uh, uh, League of Legends esports are playing, right, they are getting hundreds of thousands of views on Twitch. Grandmasters gets, like, 20,000, right? Uh, which I think of as being fairly, like, modest, and importantly, basically no one else I know, except for a couple of listeners to this podcast, actually, like, keep up with Hearthstone to the same, uh, to, like, to the same extent I do. So, waking up to the news that Hearthstone Esports is at the center of, like, an international political controversy is, like, waking up to the news that, like, your imaginary friend just robbed a bank. You're just like, (laughs) what? this but me it's like my thing right like and so i just found that entirely amusing and also a little bit perplexing but uh but yeah no on 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 the other side of that right it's great to like listen to all these podcasts that i do and like the mainstream is mostly focused on the nba controversy which kind of goes hand in hand with this sure um but like there's always someone who's like and you know blizzard this giant you know company also has this similar controversy with their card game Hearthstone. Everybody else, other host is like, hmm, interesting video games. But like, it's 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 interesting to see get <laughs> yeah. it's interesting to see get uh to get mainstream play. Um, uh, kind of I I guess in this vein, and this will kind of inform my 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 uh my view on this matter. Um, normally this is where I'd give you a uh, uh, a disclaimer that I'm invested in Activision Blizzard, but uh, as a result of this, I actually sold all of my stocks in Activision Blizzard, so I don't have to do that anymore. Um, I believe you made the joke like a couple of weeks ago that I was going to sell it off to to not have to make the disclaimer every time, but you exactly, know, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, other things have happened, I guess. Other things have happened. Yeah. Um, but uh, okay, the- so to lay this out, yeah. I, I figure we should like lay out a timeline. Yeah, start with the summary um, events. In case, in case anybody hasn't been paying attention, or I actually find that there's quite a lot of misinformation around the events uh, themselves. So here is the best of my knowledge of kind of like what went down. Uh, last Sunday, um, the Sunday before two days ago, we, was a uh, an Asia Pacific Hearthstone. Uh, esports match for the for their Grandmasters League, and a player by the name of Blitzchung won his match and went into a post-match interview. This is very typical in Hearthstone Esports. People are playing matches, and as the the next set of players are setting up to play their games, right, you have five, ten minutes or whatever to kill. You bring on the winner of the previous match who comes in, and he says, hey, man, yeah, I thought my control warrior had a lucky draw and i i can't believe i top decked brawl in time or whatever right um 
most for for the majority of this interview, which was pretty short, uh, the 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 content was very simple. And then at the very end of the interview, um, the uh, the player Blitzchung essentially recited, I think it's like "Liberate Hong Kong, Revolution in Our Times," right? Um, which are which is like the 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 sort of slogan for the pro democracy movement that has been protesting in Hong Kong for the greater part of two months. Uh, the casters egged him on a little bit uh one of the casters said now say the eight words the eight words being that slogan which is now, seven now words say the eight words and we can close out the the interview uh, yeah but it was all in chinese um oh, okay that, uh, that, that's where it comes because uh, I, I i was looking at this today because I, I believe it's free hong kong revolution of our times and i was like huh that's like that's seven words this that that's not important it's a trivial detail but i just i was just, yeah yeah all, all of this obviously was in chinese right. um so, so that that is what happened on Sunday. On Monday, we learned that Blizzard pulled that bit of the broadcast from their VODs, right? Uh, that they had cut off that the tail end of the winner's interview with Blitzchung for, for, the, for the VODs and for the broadcast that they had done. On Tuesday, Blizzard released a statement basically saying, Blitzchung and the two casters signed an agreement with us about how they were going to, you know, appear on the broadcast, and they broke that agreement. For this, we have decided to suspend Blitzchung from, for a year from competitive Hearthstone. We are uh, not going to be cashing out all of the money that he has earned so far, which is about $10,000 um, over the course of the two Grandmaster seasons this year. Um, and both casters were relationships with both casters were fired, right? Like they wouldn't be used in uh, blizzard sports ever again. And, and just uh, to, just to be clear um, when you say they're not going to be cashing out, they, they reduced his winnings to zero, um, which is his specific language used in the contract. I just think it's important to, to highlight that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so the casters not only are barred from casting Hearthstone, but they were also Overwatch casters, so they also can't cast Overwatch anymore. Um, this set off pretty thermonuclear outrage, I would say, among uh, among the different sort of gaming communities out there. Our Blizzard, which is kind of the catch-all subreddit for all the different Blizzard products, basically immediately went private because people were sort of begrate. Uh, brigading uh, the, the subreddit. The Hearthstone subreddit basically transformed overnight into a pro-Hong Kong democracy subreddit encouraging and uh, uh, facilitating um, the boycott of Blizzard and all Blizzard products. People deleting their Battle.net accounts, people dusting all of their Hearthstone cards, uh, which is kind of sort of like you know, setting your magic the gathering cards on fire. If that were to be, if that were to be a a similar kind of, uh, or, or uh, selling them selling them for very cheap, I guess. Like you do get some value out of it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the dusting a card, it's like worth a quarter of it. So they basically just like reduce their own connections by it, it's a set, dusting your collection was seen as a oh well, you can just reactivate your Blizzard account at any time. Oh, but this right? is like this is unreversible. Yeah, if you if you dust your whole collection, right, like that's like irreversible. Um, people canceling World of Warcraft subscription, people boycotting uh, Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm, 
Uh, most of the other communities seem to have sort of isolated it. Like the WoW subreddit had a giant mega thread that uh, that was the sort of collected epicenter of the controversy. So the rest of the WoW subreddit wasn't really effective. And that was mostly true for some of the other kind of like ancillary Blizzard products. But the Hearthstone subreddit, even now, right? We are recording this one week later on Tuesday the 15th. Even now, the Hearthstone subreddit is very, very concerned um, with the ongoing uh, uh, with the ongoing controversy, uh, it was picked up by other media sources. Right, uh, a famous streamer Brian Kibler, who we've talked about on this podcast a couple of times. You know, he appeared on NPR to t- kind of like talk about the controversy. People at Hearthstone, certain people inside of the Hearthstone community, ended up giving him statements. Uh, Brian Kibler, for instance. Uh, essentially agreed that Blitzchung had broken the rules and deserved a punishment, but the severity of the punishment was indicative that China had, or that was indicative that Blizzard was kowtowing to authoritarian China, which was something that he couldn't in good conscience uh, promote. And so he pulled out of casting the Hearthstone uh, Grandmasters World Championship in BlizzCon in three weeks. Uh, another very famous Hearthstone caster, Admirable, basically echoed that and terminated his relationship with Blizzard, um, at least temporarily. We don't know if uh, either Kibler or Admirable are going to kind of come back and you know, uh, in the next couple of days as the situation develops, but at the time, there was uh, it was a pretty huge it was a pretty huge statement. Um, a good number of Hearthstone streamers talked at length about um, sort of the conflicting nature of they have a job, which is to sit down and stream Hearthstone every day, but also they supported the Hong Kong protests. Some of them boycotted, some of them didn't. Um, there, there was also and- the uh, college game, right? Uh, yeah, and then so, and then on Thursday evening, uh, the Hearthstone Collegiate Series, which is kind of a semi-pro league where colleges uh, will have teams kind of compete, sort of like a AAA, um, or I'm sorry, like a Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three sort of thing um, for for collegiate esports. One of the teams that uh, one of the teams that won their game put up a sign that said liberate Hong Kong revolution in our times. Uh, the broadcast was clipped like before, but there weren't any punishments for the members of, uh, of the Hearthstone collegiate team. They called this action hypocritical and forfeited the match. Why should Blitzchung be punished if they weren't going to be punished? And then on Friday, the president of Blizzard, Jay Allen Brack, released a statement wherein he said, on the on like the positive side of things from from the controversy point of view, um, Blitzchung was entitled to all of his winnings, and they were going to make sure that he got those. He was only going to be suspended for six months rather than uh, the full uh, the full year, and that the casters were only getting suspended, not banned outright. Um, from working with Blizzard. So essentially holding firm to the idea that the Hearthstone esports platform shouldn't be used for, you know, political protest. Um, and, uh, uh, but that the, the extent of the punishment had been too much and had gone uh, too far, right? Uh, also, to the detriment of sort of Blizzard when it comes to the protests, uh, Jay Allen Brack said China had absolutely nothing to do with the controversy, which seems 
like a blatant lie. <laughs> Incredibly <laughs> unbelievable at best. Um, there is a little bit of oh, uh, something else that we missed along the way is that the in the, so there is the China social media network. Um, Sign a Weibo. Is, it's called, yeah, we, Weibo, Weibo. S- Sign a Weibo. Sign a Weibo. Yeah, yeah. S i n a w e i b o. Okay. I know about uh, this. I had to write an integration for this platform once, uh, so I'm, I'm vaguely familiar. It's like Chinese yeah, so Twitter. The, so the Hearthstone account on Weibo or Weibo, which is run by NetEase, who is the Chinese partner for Blizzard in uh, in China. Blizzard can't operate in China without a Chinese company. So NetEase is the partner uh, is like the company that they partner up with to release and do Hearthstone content. Uh, they put out a statement that said, we are very angered and disappointed at what happened at the event and do not condone it in any way. We also highly object the spreading of personal political beliefs in this manner. Effective immediately, we've banned the contestant from events and terminated work with the broadcasters. And crucially, the last line of their post said, we will always respect and defend the pride of our country. Um, yeah, so, so just to highlight, there, there are... Um, two translations of that line. You've given the more mild version. The more aggressive translation is something like, we will defend the honor and dignity of China at all costs or something like that. Um, and, you know, obviously it's I, – I, my understanding is that it's somewhere in between those two. It's just kind of like a translator's choice type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the, the more aggressive version is what got traction because it is very much more aggressive. Um, just to highlight that. Uh, continue. Sorry. Uh, so that was uh, that was in the middle of the week. That was before the um, uh, that was before the Blizzard statement, which came out at the very end of the workday on Friday. Good PR move, Blizzard. After everybody's gone home, you put out your big statement. Uh, the statement was widely, I would say, sort of like it didn't really do uh, yeah, so, much so, in a public sense. So, so something I do want to point out is that in addition to like the things that were you know, kind of on face good and bad. Litter also reads very double speaky, right? Like, it's like, we respect voices except for, you know, you can't say things, right? Like, it, it was it was the the kind of classic example of talking out of both sides of your mouth at the same time you're trying to piece everybody in. I don't think anybody was really having it. Um, I haven't dug too deep into it, but a couple different uh, uh, forums I visit have, have ventured over into Chinese forums to try and see what they thought. And... Um, Chinese people aren't happy with this either, right? Like, n- n- no one's happy about this. Um, uh, something else to highlight, as, as you pointed out, that they released this under, on, uh, at, like, kind of in the classic, like, bury the lead type of way, but that doesn't work anymore because, you know, people pay attention Social on the weekends media, yeah, now. Yeah. Um, but uh, some, something else that got pointed out, um, and I, I, again, I'm going to sound like a show, but um, Richard Hoke has done a, a whole, like, four-part series on this at this point. Um, kind of going over the legal aspects, so I, I'm going to link to that. I highly recommend that anybody who's interested in that legal as- in those legal aspects look at it. Um, part of the winnings thing it might have been that, like, there is a small chance that Blitzchunk could bring a claim in California courts that this was essentially wage theft, and like it might have been, it, you know, if that had happened, it might have been dismissed. But it's the type mm. of thing that could have happened, right? So, um, oh, by see, by returning the winnings to him, you kind of foreclose that that possibility entirely. Um, yeah. Uh, 
And so uh, that led like that kind of like simmered over the weekend. And then are, are you familiar with like what, what happened today? Kind of. It's a what very is small the, what thing. happened today? So um, Overwatch launched on the Switch today and they were supposed to have a meet and greet with the voice actors in the Nintendo uh, store in Times Square. And they canceled that event again. Small oh, okay. thing. But like, you know, this is kind of everybody, everybody's kind of like, oh, well, I guess I guess that's what's happening. And um, Nintendo announced it. But Nintendo announced that Blizzard canceled the event. So um, everybody's kind of like, hmm, they're probably just trying to keep their heads down because in two weeks is BlizzCon, where everybody expects, um, if this hasn't died by then, for it to kind of bubble over once again and for it to be like a, a big yeah, thing. Funnily enough, I might actually be going to BlizzCon. Someone on Twitter was like, hey, I can't go to BlizzCon. Do you want my tickets? So I DM'd them. I was like, hey, sure. Yeah, like me and yeah. my wife would love to go to BlizzCon. Do it. And uh, so so I might be ending up going to BlizzCon for for the, like the most – I mean, if we thought last year's BlizzCon was dramatic, right? And but we – you know, I would say that was a podcast where we were very much like kind of pro – I don't want to use the word populism, but it kind of feels like the correct word, right? Like, we also thought the iPhone game was really stupid and bullshit and, you know, like, all this other kind of stuff. Um, and the idea that that BlizzCon is going to be followed with a BlizzCon surrounding the Hearthstone uh, eSports Hong Kong drama is just, I, I kind of can't you, you, know, you know, buddy, I will I will pay you $100 if you get up and ask if uh, May believes in Tiananmen Square. <laughs> oh, God, I'm super not interested in doing that kind of thing. I like. Oh my God! Can you imagine? Oh, what like? Not, and I, by the way, I don't even mean that as like a political statement. Oh yeah. Just like, if, if I were to do that, right? Like, if that yeah, were to you, happen, you get banned, right? Yeah. You would. Well, not even you would get banned though, but like you would also become famous. Like you know how like red shirt guy is like yeah, yeah. famous, the World of Warcraft like guy who asked a lore question and was correct about the lore, asking all of the writers, and they were all incorrect about it. Um, the. Uh, I feel like I would just end up being like the May question guy, and forever my reputation. Yeah, or, or the or the like uh, or the guy. April Fool's joke guy from last year. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my god! Interestingly yeah. enough, red shirt guy, um, I think tweeted in support of Hong Kong at some point this week. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, so something. So uh, to categorize the reactions that I've seen, right? Um, the vast majority that uh in my like personal sphere have been somewhere along the lines of right like i couldn't right like this was my line when it came to when people would ask me about this stuff right like i could not agree with the hong kong protests more but like i'm also not incredibly interested in a boycott right um the the public reaction and so that's like me and all of my friends right like me and all of my wow friends basically everyone agrees that the hong kong protests are a good idea but whether or not you know we should be encouraging hearthstone esports players to be like making political statements in their winners interview is a is like a more contentious sort of right like that's where the that's where the kind of like the nitty-gritty gets to be right um but most of the conversations that i've seen publicly about it on twitter and on facebook and stuff like that um have very much not centered that question at all right and it has been very much about like blizzard and sometimes larger right like sometimes we'll talk about the nba which has a similar controversy ongoing or, or right epic now. or riot um, yeah right like apple has a real i mean a the apple one i think is truly awful um essentially some of the hong kong protesters created an app um that allowed them to uh like avoid police barricades and stuff like that and kind of track the movements of police officers in Hong Kong. Um, and, uh, and Apple pulled it off the app store, which, uh, which is like, talk about, you know, like, uh, uh 
I don't want to downplay the amount that a Hearthstone professional saying liberate Hong Kong on a stream, like, the effect that that has. But in terms of, like, the material effect on the Hong Kong protests, I feel like, boo, banning that app is, like, a much more impactful decision oh, yeah. than, uh, you know, than telling somebody he probably shouldn't be, like, you know, talking about, talking about so, so, uh, so, Hong Kong on stream. I think this is interesting because, like, this kind of speaks to a, to another kind of place where, where I think that we get into it with, with this particular controversy, right? Like the Apple store's excuse um, or Apple's excuse was that like it was being used to kind of target and harm police, which is a thing that I could absolutely believe, right? Like that, like some riders got out of control and did that. And that provides like decent cover in the same way. I think that if this event with, with Butch Jung had just been like a, a, a short-term ban, um, with the kind of like we don't tolerate political statements on the stage thing, you'd have gotten some outcry, but I don't think it would have been this big. And clawing it back to where it is now, right? Like like rolling it back doesn't have the same effect because you've already kind of like uh, my my old biology teacher used to say that like trust is like a porcelain doll. Um, once you break it, you can kind of glue it back together, but it's never the same again. And I think that's kind of like the event horizon we've crossed at this point, right? Like rolling see, it. Back. I think that. See, so I would agree that that event horizon has been crossed, but I think that event horizon was crossed like two years you know what i mean like i think that we are we are kind of through the looking glass a little bit on when people talk about uh when people talk about blizzard just because like they have been the center of multiple controversies over the course of the like right from blizzcon to blizzcon right we had the initial blizzcon controversy which was just like the 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 gamers outrage at the way blizzard hyped up diablo and then announced the phone game then we had the layoffs coming in in february which gamers were also very outraged about um and now we have this and i feel like this is more the most recent in an already set pattern right people have decided that blizzard is bad that blizzard is a shitty company because now it's being run by activision which is right true um or at least Activision has a more uh, kind of uh, heavy ha- has has its has more heavy fingers in the pie, I guess we should say, uh, when it comes to managing when it comes to managing uh, Blizzard. Um, but all of this stuff is very if I feel like we're hitting the same note, we're hitting the same drumbeat each each individual time. So I feel like there is some sense that Blizzard has lo- you know lost its way. Or whatever the case may be, um, and the the this outrage is just another in a series of poor decisions that Blizzard keeps keeps making. I would actually contend that characterization. For instance, I think the layoffs thing, while bad, is more of a systemic issue than just localized to Blizzard. Um, <clears throat> and I would also say that there are like intricacies and nuances here that seem outsized when it comes to Blizzard compared to other aspects of of things and it seems like people are going after blizzard harder than they are going after sort of like other instances of malfeasance um but like you can't argue that those instances of malfeasance haven't happened do you know what i mean yeah so i i think i think this is less kind of like individualized hate towards blizzard um well well, i take your point I, i i think it's more kind of like direct observability of impact, I guess is the right way to put it, right? Like 
the people in America who are complaining about Butch Chung being banned are aware of Butch Chung being banned. If that's, I know that sounds kind of circular, but like the number of people using the the app that the in the Hong Kong App Store um, that were kind of are kind of aware of that, I think is much less. It's less flashy, right? There's there's not a face to put to it. There's not a thing you can point to, and uh, kind of more importantly, right? Like it's it's not like uh, like, while taking down an app is like sure, like truly more harmful to the Hong Kong movement, right? Like, I think there's a sense that like silencing someone on stream is like a direct attack on American values, is I think the best way to put it. Um, like that, like, I mean, th- this is like the standard neocon line. And I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it, but like the idea that like the 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 old idea was that like you know free trade will will kind of export American values to China, right? And they will become more free. Um, but it's like the, the, the kind of line of attack on the other side is that, um, uh, is that, well, we're seeing here that China is actually exporting its values of censorship to us. And this is now a problem. And, you know, whatever goes with that, I don't think we need to dive too deeply into, like, you know. I, I do I, have a very neoliberal response to that, but I'll just let it go. Should, I mean, if you want to, go, feel free, right? Well, like, so, so the neoliberal response to that, um, or neoconservative, I mean, who cares, right? Uh, but is that the, the power of China's market needed to be curtailed by the TPP, the Trans-Pacific Partnership that got blown out of the water in 2016. Uh, that was like, you know, uh, the, the discussion surrounding the TPP being good or bad were kind of always outside of the realm. I, you know, it was always yeah, about, of, it was the about specific the... wordings of what the, what the deal entailed, right? But, you know, at the time, President Obama was very clear about the power of China uh, and the rising growth of its economy and the need to create a unified sort of Pacific front to prevent that from happening, right? Like, we might agree that, like, the wording inside of the, the, the deal was bad and it needed to be spiked because of whatever it gave provisions to whatever companies, right? But the idea that there needed to be a... Uh, uh, a trade deal set up in order to stop something kind of along these lines um, from uh, from sort of like escalating, right? Like you can really like hit back with the market power of the TPP. It's like hypothetically what the neoliberal response to that would be. Yeah, I mean, um, and if, if you want the, the, the contrasting libertarian response, because I, I feel like I will feel this if I don't say it, um, is the point that China is actually a lot more free than it was when we started trading with them. So, you know, maybe it's working. Who knows? We'll see, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, so um, that actually raises an interesting question. And this is part of my uncomfortable – I have a sort of uncomfortable relationship with, like, this whole controversy. And part of it is for this reason, right? Like, people view – <laughs> excuse me the hong kong protesters as uh being diametrically kind of like opposed to the, the like the authoritarian government inside of china right um but i actually think that that is kind of probably too simplistic and i feel weirdly and like the word i want to use here is imperialistic but it doesn't quite fit but like i feel weirdly imperialistic about it right because nowhere along the lines are we talking about what like mainland china residents view the controversy as and it makes me sort of feel like if we were to change some of this up right like imagine mainland chinese citizens getting up in arms about like the colin kaepernick thing right well conservatives and liberals fall on different side of that controversy right but both have like arguments and if you know if 
the if you know chi- the Chinese uh, citizenry were to rally behind the conservative position, the liberals would go like, "Oh wait, hold on, you don't know. Don't tell me what to do." Right? Like this is our you know like this is our country with our politics, and it's more you know it's more nuanced than that. Um, and the same thing would happen, right? Like if it was like the the Chinese kind of inserting themselves into onto the conservative or onto the liberal position, right? Like sort of both sides would have a, a, a kind of argument to make to one another that is kind of more complete and valid. That isn't just like we're authoritarians who hate, you know, like who hate free speech or whatever. And so like, I do feel a little bit weird that like there hasn't been a lot of talk or discussion about like, is there any real merit to the other side of that? Right. Like what is the internal nature of the Hong Kong protests? If I'm, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I'm a middle manager at some Shanghai, you know, company or whatever, what do I think of Hong Kong? Does that make sense? Sure. Um, uh, absolutely. And, 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 and I, I assume and you're not trying to apologize. Is that like, the, there's pro- like, obviously the Chinese state, does propaganda they constantly are propagandizing right so it's kind of like even if someone were to come back and would say like oh whoa whoa whoa, whoa. those Hong Kong protesters are super violent and uh, you know like i might agree with their goals but you know like their their violence in is really is really bad or something kind of along those lines right like you the response kind of also seems to be like yeah well you're just like brainwashed by fucking chinese state media do you know what i mean which is also shitty and dismissive and it's like i don't know where that that's also like a complicated piece of the discussion that I haven't really seen anybody sort of make, right? Like everyone basically takes it for granted that the conflict here is incredibly one-sided insofar as it is the Hong Kong protesters versus the authoritarian regime that they are, that they are fighting against. And I think that is probably too basic and oversimplistic for right. Like the internal politics of a nation. Sure. And and I, I think that's fair. Um, I mean, I still think on balance, you're going to come out on the side of the Hong Kong people, no matter how you slice it. But, you know, um, I, I, I take your point. But I think the, the thing that you have highlighted that is a little bit off base is this. It's, it's less like the Kaepernick thing and be more like if I don't know if 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 they're. If, if, if essentially the company would have to be Chinese, right? Like I think a big part of why this is blowing up the way it is is because uh, Blizzard is ostensibly an American company. It has foreign interests, but it is an American mm-hmm. company that ostensibly holds American values. And, um, and you know, I was going to say this earlier, but like, you know, this kind of united the gamer community in a way that it hasn't been in a long time, right? Like there's these petty squabbles between like the left and right sides of the gamer community, right? Um and this kind of got like everybody to like put aside their like culture warring for a second and be like, you know, I might hate those other guys, but I hate those damn Chicoms even more, right? Like, yeah. See, um, I think that's the. I, I think that's very. Everyone is on the the Hong Kong side, from the alt right to the. I mean, far far for, reaches of Antifa, for, right? Yeah. I have not seen any position that is along the lines of. You know, well, authoritarian China is really doing the right thing here. Like, come on. You've got like Marco Rubio and AOC co-writing a letter, right? Like, it's like yeah, 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 about video games. Jesus fucking Christ! (laughs) I know. 
know. That's the thing that's so crazy about it. It's about video games. I'm sitting there and I'm like, you guys realize that there is a, a card in this game called Sneaky Weasel that when it dies goes, <laughs> like, I just, it's so childish, right? It's like, it's like if there was an international controversy over like Tickle Me Elmo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say, though, I am very proud of the general Hearthstone community for not putting their foot in it like, I think it's like LeBron James did, right? Like, we're basically like being like like apologizing for for like the league or whatever, which was like if you if you know we're not going to talk about the NBA here because this is outside of our realm of, of expertise. I also yeah I have I I know of the controversy, but I would not say I follow it very closely. Yeah, I go look it up. LeBron James is basically like you know you you know think before you tweet or something like that, and everybody's like really, um, including some prominent uh, some like a. Uh, Senator Hawley, which I can bring up because he's got a bad bill about restricting Luke Box's sales. That's probably not going to go anywhere. Um, but he was also mad at the NBA for kowtowing. So, you know, there's all of that. Um, and no one in the Hearthstone community has managed to do that, right? Like, everything that I have seen from them has been, um, from, like, the prominent voices, right, has been thoughtful and uh, and, uh, and and measured and not, like, kind of crazy or, or cringy in any way. So, Congrats yeah. to the Hearthstone community for that. I, at and least. I might, you know, right? Like, and you know, there are definitely people in there who have, um, uh, you know, gone really hard in their boycott and like dusting their collection, and everything. But the one thing that I found very interesting and almost in a weird way, kind of like, um, helpful, is that like people didn't hold it against others for kind of like sort of quote unquote breaking the picket line right like when 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 Kibler put out his statement that he wasn't going to be casting grandmasters at blizzcon right like that was after a full day of streaming hearthstone right and it's not like people were in the chat being like oh Kibler, you fucking licking at the boot of you know you know the chinese g Jinping or whatever um People were people were very willing to kind of say like like I get it right you know like the guy wants to stream Hearthstone that's his prerogative I'm not really interested in punishing right like I'm not gonna punish Kibler for streaming the game and trying to make money right and I appreciate that he sort of stood up for it the same thing with like Trump or like Crip right like Crip doesn't have any relationship with Hearthstone esports at all. And he's basically said, look, I really agree with Hong Kong, but they just released a whole bunch of new cool Hearthstone content and I'm going to be playing new cool Hearthstone content on my channel all the time. And everybody was like, you know what, Crip, that's fine. We like, we get it, which is not what I expected. I really expected there to be a kind of uh, like a reflexive, right? Like if you are, you know, Trump, Regis Kilbin, Crip, uh, Kibler, there is an impetus for to, for me to say go play Magic or go play Team Fight Tactics or anything else, right? Um, rather than rather than playing Hearthstone. <coughs> yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I, I will point out that eternally Trump being named Trump is hilarious. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know that? Yeah. So Trump, by the way, in that whole thing is referencing. Uh, the the Hearthstone streamer, not the president. <laughs> I, yeah. I have to say that, right? Uh, yeah, no. Uh, but it's uh, but I I I think in the same way, like I think the people the only reason, like you know, I again, this is the basketball thing, but I think the people the only reason people are getting mad at um the NBA and the players in the NBA that that uh that, that say things because the NBA is known for letting their players speak on issues like this without with kind of reckless abandon um 
and kind of the comparison there is like, well, when it's of no cost to you, right? Like, or when it's your pet, pet kind of cause, then you're okay to say something, but you're not willing to stand up to like a truly author, author, authoritarian regime. Um, and you become a useful idiot for Xi Jinping, um, because they, they kind of like butter your bread, right? Whereas like arguably, um, there's actually an interesting bit of this on, I think it was the five, it wasn't on the 538 podcast, but it was on their sister podcast that they played the end of on this week that like, um, basketball has like, is like the highest coded liberal professional sport, right? Like you, like it's, um, coded maybe is the wrong word, but like it has a wide, larger liberal audience. So like talking, speaking to liberal talking points kind of can be seen as, you know, it's, this is like the woke capital argument, right? Like, you know, these people aren't your friends. They're just trying to make money off of you. Um, they don't believe those things. And, and this kind of like drives that point home a lot, which is kind of sad to see, right? That, that people that, that, uh, the people are, are willing to kind of like sell themselves out that, that, that badly. Um, uh, but I do think it's, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a mess, I guess. I'm, 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 I'm really interested to see what happens in, in two weeks. Um, I, oh, we, we haven't talked about, um, about, uh, Hong Kong May yet, which I think is a, a pretty fantastic meme. Um, so the, the, the immediate kind of response to this was that we should make May a symbol of Hong Kong and they keep posting pictures of her with like the, the flower on her. Um, that way, uh, it gets banned in China, which I think is hilarious and pretty brilliant. Um, but I don't know how likely it is to actually work, right? Like in terms of like how, how it will attract the signing sensors in the same way that like Winnie the Pooh is effectively banned in China because of some, uh, comparison to, to Xi Jinping. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of appreciate like the spirits of that. Part of me is a, is a little bit like, what is the real tangible kind of like end goal of uh, of the idea of this protest, right? Like, what is it that people are like l- like materially looking to um, change? And when you answer that question, I feel like the answer is like pretty universally like shitty, right? Like if you deprive blizzard of its business and they fire a bunch of people or whatever right like that doesn't really seem like how is that sticking it to authoritarian china how is that helping the hong kong protests i don't really like that you know what i mean like if you if you kind of like draw it out into a a more advanced set of um like long term goals uh, I kind of wonder what what some of the specific points are, and it's like, do you want Overwatch to get banned in China? Do you want them to like pull May from the Chinese roster or or something? Like, I, I that that part always sort of uh, uh, sort of like confused me. But in the in the actual moment, and in the kind of the spirit of the principle of the thing, right? Like, I think it makes plenty of sense. Um, and uh and i've seen other attempts with other uh with other characters to much less success um the main one has really been the one to catch on the most because she is right like visibly and absolutely chinese in a way that like you know you can't really do that with chen stormstack because even though like pandaria is based off of china right like it's just not the same thing yeah yeah and like it, it requires kind of the the modern kind of concept of like hong kong um, being like being kind of this this col- weird se- semi separate colony from from China, which doesn't uh, uh, you know which doesn't really have a good analog in ancient China. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. 
Um, I, I think kind of to that point, though, right? Like, what's the point? Um, I think the point isn't so much about Blizzard itself. I think the point is kind of like a warning to other people in the space that, like, you can't do this or else you will face, you know, some some amount of consequence, right? Like, um, uh, you know, if you look you look at the rundown of the other companies that have uh, that have stakeholders that are Chinese, um, Riot is completely owned by Tencent, and uh, the other big one is uh, Epic Games. Um, you had Tim Sweeney coming out um, and saying that uh, so so uh, tens or I think it's Tencent owns forty eight percent of the stock of. Epic, but that's a 40% interest because it's still a privately held company. And Tim Sweeney is personally the majority shareholder. So right. he can't be like, he can't be forced out because he, 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 he holds, you know, 50% plus one um, of the stock. So he's, he, he's coming out and being like, we, we will never do this. Um, and um, I think until, you know, what is it? Last Monday, that wasn't the case. Right. But like now he's at least going to think twice before he does anything. Right. Or right, right. But so, so even, even that. I mean, part of that is that like Fortnite isn't in China, um, so he's kind of like saying like something that that's not really super actionable on his part. But also, like, would people actually want to open up this arena to kind of like make those sorts of political protests? Um, and I don't know how like where to come to right because like on one yeah. side of the thing you kind of have like the Colin Kaepernick sort of like aspect of it and i would argue certain things about that case that make it different right but like the idea that like someone at a you know like at an esports event gets up on stage and says impeach trump right or like right. build the wall or, or or something along those lines right like do our do we want to open that can of worms you guys uh and people other people have pointed out that well you know like overwatch league had a pride day is is that political? Have we already opened that can of worms? And that's like there's like there's not a very clean answer to that uh, to that sort of question. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's 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 interesting because um, like the Hong Kong thing kind of like bridges like the difference between like something that's a movement, which is kind of like the best way I can describe the, the LGBT thing, um, and like a specific actionable thing, right? Like impede like impeach Trump or build the wall, like, are kind of, like, rallying cries for specific things, whereas, like, you know, like, I, the, the best you could kind of do would be something like, you know, like, I don't know, free minds, free markets on stage, I guess, um, which, you know, very telling of, of my beliefs, but, um, like, I think it would have less kind of impact because it's, one, it's less charged, and two, it's, like, more indicative of a movement, um, whereas the Hong Kong thing is, like, a very kind of specifically action while also being a movement, um, so it does kind of bridge that gap, but I think, I, I think the thing to highlight there is that like, if the answer was to cut away, scrub it from the VODs and like, you know, give him a relatively tame penalty at that point, people would have been like, oh, ho, ho, right. Like, you know, like we see what you did there, Blizzard and like shame on you, but I don't, I don't know if it would have been this big. Um, well, no, that, I, that is absolutely what, I, like on Monday, the, when we when we heard that the the vods got scrubbed right like there wasn't the outrage the outrage only came later the next day yeah, after yeah. the after the ban yeah um, and most people said when they were talking about right like you know the line from folks like kibler was i don't disagree with the fact that this guy needed to get punished for breaking the rules i and, and he accepted the, that too right like right like yeah the, this is i mean th this is kind of like a fraught example but i've heard the comparison made to like 
um, the Olympics where where the athletes made the uh, the black power symbol, I, I believe it was, right? Like same kind of thing, right? Like, and you know, you, you go into it understanding that you know there might be consequences. But Chung said he expected it to be banned. I just don't think he expected it to be this severe. Um, and I think that there's some nobility to that, right? Like being willing to accept the consequences of your actions. Um, uh, but you know, uh, uh, but, but I think, I think I'm definitely with you that like, it's, 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 it's an odd kind of line to tread. Um, I just, I just like imagine it- a world where Blizzard comes out and they say, you're right. The Hong Kong protests are, is the revolution of our time. We're going to be on the right side of history and like gave up their whole Chinese market or something, right? Like that would be ludicrous. And I think it would also have opened up and pretty like, you know, there are a lot of people with political views inside of the Hearthstone community, right? And, like, could you imagine Firebat gets on stage and he says, you know what, I think Donald Trump is, like, a, a, a criminal or something like that, right? Like, and now you've set this precedent that, like, well, is Blizzard going to comment on whether or not they think Donald Trump is is criminal? Right? Like, that's just a tough thing to answer. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're and this absolutely is why right. People have also people have also compared it to the Colin Kaepernick thing, right? And I am also all for, <clears throat> like, I'm very much in favor of him and his protests, right? But I think the difference with the the Kaepernick protests is that they were in response to something, which is the inherent politicization of having the the pledge of allegiance, or not the pledge of allegiance, the um, uh, the national anthem in football games in general, right? Like, th- there's there's kind of this idea that, like, he made it political, but I would say that they were always political the moment that the, you know, like, the moment that people in the beginning of every game were expected to put their, you know, their hand over their heart and look longingly at the flag and, you know... Uh, and sing a song about it, right? Like that is that is politicization, and as insofar as that has happened, I feel like Kaepernick was within his rights, so to speak, um, to to sort of protest on those sorts of level. Because like the people who made it political, it wasn't him; it was uh, it was the league in the first place. And so I that is the the core difference between in my head. Um, between what went on with Kaepernick and what is going on now with Blitzchung. Yeah, I mean, there's there's also kind of like the like I, I will also say that, that part of the difference there is also the difference of scale, right? Like, I don't remember if the league fined Kaepernick or not, but like on paper, he wasn't like sanctioned that hard. Like, there's this this bit about like whether or not he was colluded out of the league. He wasn't a particularly great quarterback. So, you know, you could make the argument that no one oh, wanted yeah, him yeah. anyway. Said, like, oh, we, you know, they blackballed him. Yeah. And, you know, like that thing aside, like it, it's, it's not like, you know, Roger Goodell came out and was like, we, we are, we are ejecting, <laughs> we are ejecting Colin Kaepernick from the league for being un-American, right? Like, yeah, yeah. um, um, honestly, I, I feel like, I feel like <laughs> just imagining like a version of events where like Blizzard doesn't do anything, but for whatever reason, Blitz Chung seems to always get terrible draws. Um, uh, uh, and you know, like <laughs> I don't even know how you do that, but, uh, uh, but you know, like, man, I'm sorry. I was distracting myself with that thought. Cause like they could do that. And that'd be like, 
a heinous way to kind of make this disappear without a problem, right? Like just like on the control side, cheat your way so that somebody, anybody problematic loses. Um, man, sorry. Um, I, I really would wonder actually if and how they could do that because like, you know, part, one of the things about Hearthstone esports is that to keep costs low, um, they have the two casters are in the studio, but like the players are just playing from their houses, right? Like they play from home essentially. Um, so it's like you would have to get them to like download a specific client that's not like it's uh, like I have to be honest, it is incredibly jank the way Hearthstone Esports is set up because basically me, the player, would just challenge like you, the player, through my battle.net account if we were both in like Hearthstone Esports, which which seems like incredibly like basic for you know for for the foundation of like like this whole esports arena essentially um compared to you know like everybody in los angeles or everybody in in league lives in los angeles and can like drive over to the riot studios so that you can play before a big giant audience sort of thing um yeah so i don't know (laughs) Maybe, maybe the way that they do, maybe the way that they do solve this is they like convince people to download like, oh, it's 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 the tour, it's the tournament client, and then it gives them all like the worst discovers and shit like that. You wouldn't even have to do that. You could just like update the regular client and put like, like I'm talking about like live manipulation, right? Like somebody is is in the middle and like controlling what the next card is or something like that, right? Like, oh my god. Right, like you just update the regular yeah. client to give it that power, right? And you, uh, and you know, you have you just interfere when you when you need to interfere. Um, um, not that I'm suggesting that they would do that. I don't think they're they're even that you know that anybody's that far gone. But like, it's an interesting way to think. Like, th- there's an amount in like normal sports where you can't like you can't influence anything beyond kind of raw you know like raw athletic skill right like you know you can talk about backroom deals and whatever you know take a fall in the fourth round or whatever but like um like there's a point that you can't like that you can't interfere with like raw athleticism but you can absolutely interfere with any of these games in the I mean, middle you can't deflate the footballs right <laughs> no but like the the point is is you so you're, you're you're absolutely right but like that's like a thing that's much harder to do systematically right like um right like you can only deflate it so much right like you can't do it so much that it's noticeable because other people will notice right like um and that was even like supposed to just be kind of like a marginal improvement right like it allowed tom brady to throw the ball a little bit easier um maybe uh and maybe catch the ball a little bit easier and it's based on like very specific air pressure stuff which is you know possibly accountable to like Air temperature variations, right? The, the point being that this is this is so hard to do that it's not. We're not even sure it happened in the first place. Whereas, like, it's very possible that like literally any video game tournament that's ever happened was rigged in some way that would be totally invisible to the end user, right? Um, maybe not quite that, but but you know what I'm saying, right? Like that that like um, th- there's a piece of code that's a black box in the middle that 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 uh, could that could be fraudulent. Um, and uh, 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 th- that's 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 very just an interesting thought. I think. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I really would wonder the ability to kind of like go in and sort of like mess with things on that uh, on that kind of like level. But yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
No, I, I, it's certainly possible, but like I don't think it's probable, right? Like you'd have to build a whole tool set to like basically fuck with people. <laughs> um, yeah, you'd, and, basically, you'd have to make like a live accessible like debug mode for someone else's client that you could like mess with their client at any individual time. Also, one of the interesting things about Hearthstone is that the deck shuffles every turn. Did you, did you know this, by the way? I so like not. so for instance yeah so there are um there are a, a handful of effects that will use like the top card sort of thing um <clears throat> so like the 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 you know like it will know the next card that you are going to draw like there's a card for instance that says swap the top card of your deck with the top card of your opponent's deck for instance um but otherwise the deck itself quote unquote shuffles after every draw um and so you don't have the same ability to do positional, like, scrying in Hearth- or not in Hearthstone, in Magic the Gathering, or anything that would allow you to, like, look at the top five cards of your library, put them back down in any order, um, because uh, that's just, yeah, it's just not... Th- this, by the way, was also very secret, at least as far as I knew, um, for a while. The only reason we know that now is because the uh, the most recent adventure has a unique hero power for one of the for one of the guys and if you use it the hero power is a passive hero power and it says instead of drawing discover one of like the top three cards of your deck um and in between and you would think like okay let's imagine i have ragnaros varian rin which are two very high cost cards and like a one cost card and it's the early game so i pull the one cost card and you would think okay well next turn i'm gonna have ragnaros varian rin and a third card that i haven't seen yet but no your ragnaros and your varian rin will will shuffle through um so that's just i that's completely uh random aside but it's something i figured out the other day and i wanted to talk about it i guess yeah. oh i mean so it's it's i mean it's it's is this reported or is this something you you like they could just shuffle after every discover right like like that's standard kind of like magic uh parlance right like once you like look at a card you, sh- you either put it on the bottom of your deck or you, or you shuffle your deck right uh you know maybe uh i actually don't know the answer to that question well, um, I don't know. That would certainly... It's, this also probably suffers from one of those things where, like, magic text needs to be extremely um, uh, clear because otherwise, like, if if it, if it isn't clear, then you're... Th- then you're running into, like, rules trouble. Whereas Hearthstone text only needs to give you a a vague idea yeah so like the text on the hero power says at the start of your turn discover which card you draw discover is just a term that says look at three choose one essentially um and hypothetically speaking that doesn't have to be it could just be discover any three cards in your deck it doesn't have to be the top three maybe i'm just making a uh, uh it, a certain kind I mean, of assumption. it would also not surprise me if like the thing that holds your deck isn't even ordered in the first place, right? Like, you just, like, pull around. Like, like the reason you shuffle a deck and you draw <laughs> like off the top of it. You, yeah, like, every time you draw, you roll a random number generator, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would actually make a lot of sense to me, I think, yeah. now, just, just, now that you mention it. Just just because, like, the only reason that you, you do the shuffle and draw off the top thing is because you can't effectively do that within, like, the in you know, in real life with paper. Um Whereas with a computer, it doesn't matter, right? Like, well, I don't, it's I, one of those areas that I, you know, like I, 
the, one of the core differences between Magic and Hearthstone is that digital aspect. And we talk about this all right. the time, right? Like the ability for a Hearthstone card to generate random, like, oh, Battlecry, discover a dragon or something, right? Like there are no comparable effects like that in Magic the Gathering. You can't just right. like generate cards and put them in your hand. You can't get a card, right? Like in Hearthstone, um, I can't return a card or I can return a card to your hand and then it could shuffle into your deck and it might be my card sort of thing. But in Magic, you could never do anything like that because it would enable stealing, right? Like yeah. somebody returns a card to its uh, to its controller's hand would hypothetically, right, like allow him to sort of like steal your, your very precious whatever it is. Um, so, uh, so, but one of the things that, that Magic does that Hearthstone doesn't is deck manipulation. When it comes to, you know, like look at the top five cards in your library, reorder them, or scrying, putting some on the top, some on the bottom, right? Like shuffle effects, right? Like, you know, there, there's a, uh, there's a card that's like one tap target player shuffles his or her library or whatever, yeah. right? Like that is I a, think that's, that's Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an old card. Um, yeah. But uh, that's an effect that only really makes sense in Magic because, like, you have to have it ordered, um, and sort of you're simulating this like number generation. Whereas in you know in Hearthstone, you can just like make it truly random. I mean, I mean that's 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 a claim that you know is technically incorrect because of random number generators. But I'm not going to dive into the computer science. Oh there. yeah, like no ra- random number generators, truly <laughs> random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, fair enough. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, anyway, uh, so in conclusion on, on all of this, uh, that was really a tangent in conclusion, all of this blitz chunk stuff, um, to what, you know, like, are you going to pick up Activision Blizzard stock anytime soon? Right. Like, and do you still have a moral obligation to outrage? Do you, or to, uh, to boycott? Do you feel, um, do I have a moral obligation? I mean, so it's easy for me to boycott because I'm not currently playing any Blizzard games. I uninstalled my 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 uh, Blizzard launcher, um, and I think that it's like that's kind of like a speed bump to overcome in the future. But like, I don't know. I could see myself like like this is definitely kind of a point in the don't don't you know give these people your money ever again. Um, I don't think I'll pick up Activision Blizzard stock anytime soon because, like, you know, it's not like there's, like, only, like, three stocks. You can pick up any number of stocks that I want, right? Like, For sure, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I guess that's just, like, I don't so, know. So how... you would say that you are not satisfied by, like, the, the answer that Blizzard gave or – Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like any, I am absolutely other, not. Yeah, and so. it's, like, just enough to get me to kind of, like, stay away from them, right? What like, would satisfy you? Like, what would Blizzard have to do? <sighs> I don't know, right? Like, I feel like... Okay, here's an interesting one. If the statement had been, let's say, crass, but, like, frank or, like, honest with you about it, right? Like, let's say J. Allen Bragg said, you know what? Listen, you guys, China's a big-ass fucking market. We need money to make games for you guys you like. And and sometimes that means doing, you know, stuff to, to make China happy, or whatever we're gonna reduce his we're gonna reduce his suspension we're gonna give him his winnings whatever right but like 
there's never going to be a version of Blizzard Entertainment that isn't working with China to make a China marketable product or something kind of along those lines. Would that have been a better statement than China had nothing to do with it? I don't know. Right? Like, I think a better statement yet would have been, like, not to just kind of, like, let it hang, right? Like, just not acknowledge, just be, like, we're going to, like, just, like, not talk about why it happened, right? And just kind of, like, let it, like, I, I think that the only thing that will let me go back to them is time, right? Like, in the same way that, like, you know... It, you know, like, that kind of broken trust thing, right? Like, in time, I might have decided that I have deprived them of enough of my money that I have made my point and I'm willing to go back. But I just don't think... I don't think I don't think you can fix this in without that temporal component, for me, at least. And, and it is the entire company, right? Like, that that is uh, owning this... Activision than, Blizzard. Like, for, for instance... Is there a difference for you to say the new Diablo season looks good, right? Or I'm hyped for, you know, patch 8.3 and wow, but I'm not going to touch Hearthstone. Hmm. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, that for, because for, that is, is a very common, you know, in a lot of ways, that's what I felt like. My own boycott was fairly minor in the sense that I thought this was a Blizzard esports decision. And so I wasn't going to indulge in Blizzard esports, but I continued to play World of Warcraft and I continued to like watch Kibler's stream, right? You know, it's not like the, it's not like Ian Hazakostas should pay the price for the decisions of. You know, like the NetEase esports guy in China is kind of ha- is is the structure of that argument. Yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying. Um, I don't know, honestly. I, I think the answer the answer has to be like this is very easy for me to do because I'm not current currently playing any Blizzard games, right? Like I am yeah. sure there's no, some point is, in the it future. It is very tough. Uh, I feel like uh, to to. to to make the decision, right? Like if it is something you're playing currently, right? Like if it's wizards of the coast, um, or Bungie, um, when it comes to magic or destiny Two, right? Like that's a much harder decision because you are right. Like, yeah, no, if, 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 uh, if, if destiny hadn't moved to steam like this week, right? Like who knows like how I would have come down on this in terms of like my ability to participate in the boycott or my desire to participate in the boycott. I also think, you know, like the, the, the to what extent do you think the boycott is, this is going to be a spicy take. To what extent do you think like the boycott is kind of a, uh, an imperfect machine to, to like realize like change. Um, let me, let me rephrase that. Like, like, do you think that are you boycotting because you think it is effective, right? I think that, like, I'm boycotting because <laughs> it's low cost, and I think it's generally the right thing to do. Um, but I, the effectiveness, I think, I do think that there is some effectiveness, right? Like, obviously, it's enough of a wave that they've canceled events, that they released a statement after, you know, after work on Friday type of stuff, right? Like, obviously, it's... Obviously, it's effective, even if it doesn't, like, mean that Activision Blizzard goes bankrupt or whatever. Um, I do think, I, I do think that, like, it's, it's, it's effective in that it, it, 
it sends a message if not just if not to Blizzard to like kind of everybody else in the industry that like this causes anger and like being part of that effective anger movement, right? Um kind of signals what is what is acceptable and what's not. Um so yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, my uh my kind of hot take when it comes to this sort of thing is that people are eager to participate in boycotts like this out of a sense of desire for justice in in a in a not not like in a selfish way but in like a personal way which is more sort of like internally motivated than externally right like so for instance if i'm a person who looks at the hong kong protests and i say this is terrible right what these you know like what the the chinese riot police are doing to the citizens of hong kong is is an injustice right well, I can't affect that, right? I live in, you know, Los Angeles, California. It's, I have no, I don't know anybody who lives in Hong Kong. I have absolutely no way uh, at my fingertips to sort of, like, help these people, right? But when it comes home to roost for me, when, it, when a company who does something for a game that I, like, g- finds themselves on the wrong side of the issue, well, all of a, se- a sudden, I have the tool of justice in my hand, right? Because I can deprive right blizzard who is on the wrong side of this issue or whatever i can deprive blizzard of my money as kind of justice for hong kong sort of thing um which isn't to say that everybody behaves like this or even that a significant number of people behave like this but i do think that it is a thing that motivates people when it comes to kind of these sorts of boycotts right like there is an intense desire to do something and it kind of runs counter to a like to an actual actual ability to affect change if that makes sense right i don't know if it runs counter right like this, so this is this, this is you know in, in kind of plain plain terms this is a market signal right like effectively if you're spending money on blizzard you're you're saying that like i don't care enough about this issue to to make it affect my purchasing decision whereas like you know Let's let's say that like everybody went to like Realm of the Gods or whatever that game that offered to play what Shung's winnings was, right? Like, you know, that's sending Mark signal that like there is some value in in, in adhering to like, in, in, for lack of a better term, American values, right? Like, um, and I think that 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 value like that force is not huge, but it is like how the market works essentially right, 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 right but so so my question is though like how much is your individual it's sort of like voting right you know like sure if nobody votes then sure. that's that's bad or whatever but how much does that does your individual vote matter right like how much does any individual person's boycott actually like matter sure but, a, but, but but it matters in aggregate right like you can't like you can't have a wave without a drop right um, no, yeah, 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 sure. But like, what is the difference between a drop of five hundred million, or a wave of five hundred million drops, and a wave of four hundred ninety-nine million nine hundred ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine? Sure, sure. But if everybody thought that way, there'd be no wave, right? So, like, yeah, like I get your point. I just think that, like, well, statistically, your action doesn't matter in aggregate. It doesn't. So you should do like you should do what you want. Not, you know, I wouldn't blame you too hard either way. But you know. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's something that that I've also noticed that has been cool, which is that, like, there is a lot of kind of – so so much in – when it comes to, like, sort of political thoughts, it's like there's, like, a a my way or the highway sort of 
point of view, right? Anyone who is not boycotting is doing the wrong thing. But by and large, it seems like everybody who is boycotting basically is saying, I don't mind that other people aren't. And everybody right. who isn't boycotting is saying, I don't feel bad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel guilty because other people are sort yeah. of thing, right? Like, everybody is more is more more than willing to kind of say, like, live and let live along those sorts of lines, which I find very unique, honestly, in um, in today's day and age, uh, because I think there is a real sort of um, impetus to kind of say, like, it, 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 it always feels like we live in, in a in a zero-sum game in a way if someone isn't doing what you are doing you are they are wrong in a way um so you know the the opposite of that taking place is uh is kind of interesting i would say when it comes to this protest (coughs) i mean it's video games right (laughs) like Yeah. Also, something else that I didn't mention, but I also wanted to say was uh, after Blizzard released his statement, Blitzchung also kind of like was like, thanks, Blizzard or whatever. Um, So there's a certain sentiment among folks that uh, that it's over in a way Um, that like Blizzard effectively apologized and Blitzchung accepted their apology. And I like, and I'm moving on is sort of the, is sort of the ideation behind that idea. Um, which is a, it's kind of like the last sort of like, uh, big shift I saw in people kind of like flipping from one side to another. Um, cause that came out, uh, Blitzchung's statement came out yesterday, the day before, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess that's it then for mm-hmm. for th- for this discussion. Yeah, boycott right. Blizzard or don't. It's up to you. Uh, yeah. How was your week? <laughs> it was uh, pretty good. Um, so I played I played a lot of Destiny. I played a lot of Magic, but I realized that last week I just kind of gave a a broad overview. Whereas you've you've been giving kind of like story summaries for uh uh for the wow update so i figured I'd, I'd come back and give you a little bit of that Good, um, give me hit, hit me up let's do it all right so um uh this might also turn into one of those things where like you can ask me questions about the lore and i will give you the absolutely insane answers instead of the answers because destiny lore is stupid um but in the same way that like every other piece of every other thing that's like giant lore is stupid so um you go back to the moon the moon was a popular destination in destiny one uh you you meet uh, resident kind of edgelord Eris Morn, um, excuse me, who has not been seen since the first game. Um, she kind of sort of maybe caused this thing to happen. It's unclear. Um, there are ghosts on the moon. Um, the mean being that the moon's haunted. Um, and, uh, you, 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 uh, explore the moon and you find in inside of the moon, a black pyramid, which is representative of the darkness. We have not seen these pyramids since the end of, Year one of Destiny 2, it was the finish of the Gaul campaign. You see a bunch of black pyramids arrive on the horizon, and it's very, very ominous. Um, and so you find them, you find, you, you're basically blocked from going in because there's too much, like, nightmare energy or something. You spend the entire campaign, like, shooting things, uh, killing basically old Destiny 1 bosses, reformed as, reskinned as ghosts. Um, so you can gather enough nightmare essence or something to break through the wall. And then you get into the pyramid and uh, a bunch of voices are like, we've been waiting for you. Um, uh, and, you know, they, they say some ominous things to give you an artifact. And, 
and you basically shunted out to the menu and it ends on a cliffhanger. Um, the kind of seasonal thing that showed up is that the Vex are showing up, um, Vex being the robot people, because they sense shit is going down. And so, you know, it doesn't have a lot of tie into the, the, the current story. But um, that is basically what is happening. Moon's haunted, full of like evil pyramids, and uh, you gotta, you gotta, there's a bunch so of is hive. There, is there like a raid out right now? A raid, the raid released last weekend? Yeah, last weekend. Not not like uh, nine days ago at this point. Okay. Um, is there I, like a world first race or anything kind of along those yes. lines? Yes. Yep, there always is. Um, it was done within, I think, a day of release. Um, they uh, they do some they did some special stuff at least this time. I don't know if uh, if it normally happens, but um, basically they power they because like kind of power leveling or your your, your light level is is kind of arbitrary. Is if you get lucky with the rolls, it kind of squished everybody down to nine twenty for the world first attempt, and so. Um, everybody was basically on equal footing. They also disabled a couple of items because there are apparently some bugs and everything and some things that are broken um, that keep certain combos from working. So so uh, it, there, it was done under a little bit of uh, – uh, how do we say this? It, it was done under a little bit of pressure uh, and under, under some tougher circumstances. But it happened. Uh, they won. Um, if you got it within like the first couple of weeks, you could you were eligible to go buy a leather jacket from Bungie, which is I think a neat thing that Bungie does. Is if you accomplish certain achievements, you unlock the ability to purchase things off of the store um, that you can that nobody else can, you know that anybody who has done it can. And it's not like the it's not the you know the greatest thing in the world, but you know it's neat, it's cool, I like it. Like I unlocked the Eris. The Eris Morn papercraft mask. I don't even have to buy that. I can just download it and print it out. Um, I'm not going to, but it's neat. Uh, so, the what was the what what happened between the guy at the end of Destiny 2's first patch, and then there was the second thing. There was Osiris. What, okay. what was what was that? So Osiris is a warlock who used to be the he used to be basically a chorus job. He used to be the van the um, vanguard, I think, uh, is the name for it. He used to be the head of the warlocks, um, but he's a little bit nuts, and he was obsessed with the Vex, and he went and he disappeared basically into the Vex network, and uh, you find him again because the Vex are showing up on on Mercury. Um, the Vex are doing this thing where they basically they travel through time, right? Like. One of one of Bungie's favorite tropes at this point is like this isn't even this race's final form. Like apparently the Vex you're fighting are all construction workers. None of them are actually the warrior units. Um, uh, but um, their whole deal is that they simulate everything, right? Like they simulate um, the like they simulate everything that could possibly happen, and then like play the winning move. Um, and they're the eternal. I think it's called the Eternal Garden or something like that. Um, it's basically them simulating everything, and it includes Vex from the past and Vex from the future, which are, like, basically the same thing but slightly different designs, right? Um, um, and the thing, and this is where you get to start getting to weird Destiny lore, is that there are several elements in the Destiny universe that are paracausal, meaning they stand outside of kind of, like, probabilities and fate and can't be accurately predicted. And the Guardians are one of those forces. And that's why you, you stand such a uh, a threat to the Vex. Because they can't predict you. And they can't accurately model you. Because you are a paracausal being. 
the other paracausal beings include like the hive worm gods and probably the hive gods too, just the regular gods. Um, and so th- that's basically what happened with Osiris. You go, you kill some Vex. You stop them from being crazy, but they're still mad. Um, and I think that's basically what's happening in this season is they're coming back, right? Like they're like, well, we got our ship pushed in in Osiris. Uh, stuff's happening. Let's send some more some more construction workers, I guess. Um, then do you want me to keep going through through the different expansions? Okay, yeah, and then after that was the one where the dude died, where Nathan Fillion dies, right? That, so that's the one after. The next one is um, what was the next one? It was Warmind, where Rasputin, who is the the, the big war computer on Earth. Um, sends you to, I want to say Mars. Yeah, Mars. Um, uh, where, like, Braytech is held. Uh, not held, but where Braytech was headquartered in the Golden Age. Um, to basically fix... Uh, so, the... the This was kind of got retconned, but the old lore was that, like, there are a couple of these supercomputers and Charlemagne was supposed to be the one on Mars. Um... Uh, but it turns out that, like, instead of that, it's like Charlemagne is like a module, and they're all Rasputin. Um, so um, part of the plotline there is that you find out that this guardian that you're working with, like, so guardians were normal people before they got resurrected by their ghosts, and nobody ever remembers anything that happened before they died. Um, the person you are working with figures out that she used to be Anna Bray. Which was like you know the 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 inherited at Braytech essentially, uh, which like breaks some guardian taboos, but you know it's whatever. Um, uh, and so you do a bunch of stuff there. There's a bunch of hive. You kill a bunch of stuff. Mm, you, standard you know destiny stuff. The next one is the one where Nathan Fillion dies, um, which is Forsaken. And in Forsaken, um. The Fallen have, like, a splinter faction that are, like, heretics um, that have, like, some weird resurrection powers. And they they organize a thing and they kill. They kill Cade with the help of Aldrin Sov. Aldrin Sov being the brother of kind of the queen of the Awoken, the blue people. Um, uh, but Mara has been dead for a while. But Aldrin's like, no, she's telling me to do this. You're like, he's crazy. Turns out she's not dead, but she's also not the one talking to Aldrin. You go through that campaign, you find out that Aldrin has been deceived by essentially a wish dragon um, who attempts to, who in the final cutscene of Forsaken, or the final kind of like campaign cutscene of Forsaken, eats Aldrin, and then you kill it, and then he's not dead, so he's begging for mercy. And then Petra, who is the queen's handmaiden, shoots and also Kate's friend shoots Aldrin in the head and kills him. And then the final cutscene of year two, or one of the final cutscenes of year two was a ghost coming and resurrecting Aldrin as a guardian who we haven't seen since. So we don't know what's up with him. Other things, other things that happen in that season is um, season of the drifter. The drifter is a guy who does gambit stuff. Um, he was a guardian or is a guardian. Um, but he doesn't really like the Guardian organization. He's tried to kill himself and it hasn't been able to. Um, he doesn't do that anymore. But he basically went out beyond the solar system, did some crazy fucked up shit, um, including finding some things that can permanently kill Guardians. And like, um, and then like the Nine come and like contact him and give him a big comment 
Um, it turns out, and the nine were like this, like this always very mysterious council. Turns out they're like the dark, dark energy, gravity shadows of the nine planets of the solar system that have slowly gained sentience over the oh eons. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's got, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I have to say, so I, I went to a party on Friday and I basically ended up um, hanging out with a couple of people who are uh, wow friends. And I was explaining, I was explaining what happened in kind of like the more recent set of wow lore, right? And it's pretty simple, right? All you need to do is say, Sourfang teamed up with Anduin to lead a revolution against Sylvanas' horde. He challenged her to a Makura outside the gates of Orgrimmar in front of everybody. She accepted. And during the Makura, he tricked her into saying that she doesn't care about the horde. She kills him and leaves. It's like three sentences, four sentences or whatever. Very straightforward. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I also think that there, there's a part of me that looks at this and kind of is like, there's definitely the like void lords, titans, everything is titans aspect yeah. of it, right? Like, so for instance, something that has been data mined in the new uh, in the new uh, eight point three stuff that has hit the PTR is that Raden who is a one of the Titan Keepers, but he was the Titan Keeper in Pandaria, and he was enslaved by the Thunder King, which is how the Thunder King was able to teach the Mogu how to reverse the Curse of Flesh. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what you're doing right now, you know, outside, yeah. of, the, outside of the main stuff, I guess. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that is basically, <laughs> like, you can, like, you can go deep on this stuff, right? Like, have I, have I told you about the sword logic? No, I don't know what the sword logic is. So the hive, basically, moral philosophy is is basically might makes right, and the sword logic is basically is basically might makes right, but with like a lot of flowery language and like dragons that exist under the ocean and three sisters, one of which who gender swaps into Crota, the taken king, and this was ten thousand years ago, and they've swallowed like ten billion planets, and like the it's 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 nuts. Or like the fallen, you know, fallen. You know how like the fallen? Have you you've played right? The fallen mostly have four arms, right? The dregs have two arms. Do you know why that is? Be- because they're weak. They get their arms cut off, and they're only right. allowed to grow them back when when they like prove themselves or something like that. Like it's it's fucking. It's like the lore is like like. Wait wait. wait. So I remember the vex. I remember the fallen. I remember the big fat guys. What were those guys called? The red those, guys. Uh, those are the um. Oh, what are they? The the they begin. Let's see. It's it's um the red legion is the one group. It's Callus is the other. It's um. Space hamsters. Why can't I remember their name? Um, they look kind of like hamsters. Uh, uh, what, what, what is this? Uh, well, so yeah, because I remember those guys because they were the big villain. So I only played like that first patch of Destiny 2. Um, but they were the big villains of the first patch of Destiny 2. Like the Red Legion and that guy and his like god. His, his like ascension to godhood or whatever. I actually thought that the Destiny 2 single player story was it kind of philosophically complex for these things right like you know Sourfang tricking Sylvanas into you know uh into saying she hates the horde 
and Anduin giving Varian's sword to Sourfang for, like, the fight is, like, cool and awesome and everything like that. But it's not really, like, you know, thematically all that complex. There are some – there is some stuff there, but it's typically working on a more, like, emotional level than, like, a philosophical level. And so I was very impressed by the kind of – the rigor of uh, that big bad guy, whatever his name was, who was trying to, you know – uh, ascend to godhood and, and was like, but what is godhood? Like, you yeah, know, it, they're, they're called the cabal. They're very obviously Roman influenced, right? Like the red legion is kind of a militaristic faction that's rebelled against Callus, the quote unquote, right emperor who pals around with you in the last season of year two. He like makes you go and like fight some people on a ship to like prove your worth. And he's like, ha ha, I will give you guns. Ha ha ha. Um, and, oh God, I can't even go. So he says, Oh, guardian mine. And when you use that specific phrasing, oh, blank mine, you are asserting kind of like paracausal dominance over the people you're talking about. It's some dumb thing. That's how like the wish dragons talk. And the wish dragons might be aware that they're inside of a video game. And like you, the player might be a paracausal agent or something like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I highly recommend watching My Name is by Fidios. Um, if you are interested in this, he's like the Vati of, of Destiny. Um, and he goes into a lot of detail about all of this, about anything you could ever want. So, um, yeah, it's a fucking ride. That is a, that is a fucking ride. Um, there are two other things that I wanted to talk about. One, so you've never seen Breaking Bad. We've talked about this before, right? Okay, so uh, the Breaking Bad movie El Camino came out. I want to talk about it more complexly, but I guess I really can't. Really, the thing I want to say is that Vince Gilligan, who is the mastermind behind Breaking Bad and now Better Call Saul, um, and uh, and wrote and directed uh, this movie, is like a fucking genius, and I can't I can't handle how good he is at this. Um, The core thing that makes Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, and El Camino all work is how much he cares about the details. Uh, this is something that, that'll come up, like, in RP or whatever, right? Where people, like, will say, like, don't sweat the details. But, like, the details are what makes these things, like, fun and interesting in a way that, like, really, really sets it apart. Like, even if the story is basic or bare bones, right? Like, because it is so willing to... um like because it's it's just uh, so willing to get down into the nitty gritty of like how could someone really clever accomplish this thing without like you know like without like triggering something. A good example from Better Call Saul is um, uh, the Mexican cartel crosses Mike, who is a retired corrupt cop, right? And he needs to, and he needs to fuck with them. But he's just one guy. He has no apparatus. He has no criminal contacts. He's just moved out to New Mexico and doesn't know anybody. So what he does is he buys a hunting rifle, and you see him, and he's doing like recon or whatever. And he figures out how the Mexican cartel is bringing in their cocaine. He buys a little bit of cocaine, puts it in a set of shoes, like in, in, in the, this, this pair of shoes strings, the shoes over a power line and waits for the truck, uh, to head to the American Mexican border. And right when it's under, right when it's under the, um, 
under the shoes, he shoots the, a hole in the shoes with his hunting rifle. So just like cocaine will spread all over the spread all over the trucks, and it like triggers the the dogs or whatever at the border to be like, oh, what? cocaine, and then they look into it, and then oh wow, this truck actually has a ton of fucking cocaine in it, and all this other kind of stuff. <coughs> and it's really like. It's such a simple, small thing, but, like, watching it go piece by piece through that process is so gratifying. And El Camino is full, absolutely full of stuff like that uh, and was very, very good. The other thing that debuted uh, this week was Big Mouth uh, Season 3. Have I talked about Big Mouth yet? Uh, Uh, You have briefly I, I know that season three came out because nick kroll's been doing the rounds on like a bunch of internet shows oh really uh, yeah he was on the burger show and uh something else basically advertising but you know go on sorry yeah so big mouth is the is the animated show that he does with jason manzukis john mulaney uh jenny slate uh, they're on season three. They actually got like renewed for like a whole bunch of seasons or whatever. Everybody on Twitter hates it, but uh, I just it's so endlessly funny. Um, and uh, and I just want to I just want to give out another suite of recommendations for this show because it's very funny and it is weirdly true to form for what it was like to be like a middle schooler. And I, I guess it should be so weirdly true to for, I, I should be so weirded out by that, seeing as how, you know, like those, that group of people and us are sort of in the same generation. They're on the top end. We're kind of on the bottom end. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was insanely funny and I would highly recommend it. Yeah. I mean, I, so my, my only hesitance there and the only reason I, I, I don't really touch it is because, uh, I am under the impression it's a lot of gross out humor and I don't like that. So. Yeah, um, there's some of it. It's uh, people complain about the animation style, which I I get, but I think is a deliberate decision because like you know like the whole show is about puberty, right? right? Um, so it is kind of like intentionally gross in in a lot of places when you're just thinking about like oh my god, like this is what this is what you know where uh, this is what it was like when I was like getting my first batch of pubes or whatever. Um, I wouldn't say that there's a ton of, like, gross-out humor in the sense of, like, I don't know. It's, 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 it's kind of more cringy than I, than I am typically used to. But it's so relatable because, like, everybody was such just, like, a giant piece of shit in the fucking, uh, in, like, late middle school that I really, really empathize with that. Yeah, no, and honestly, that's, that's fair. I just know that I, it is not, it is not for me, basically. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. Anything else to to talk about, or should, we, should we just wrap up? It. Uh, next week, we we are thinking about starting up uh, our our Young Justice uh, talk, I guess, because um, we have promised that we were going to do episodes on Young Justice for a long time, and. Uh, and the hope is that we'll finally, we'll finally yeah. get there. We so, might need to put it off. Are you going to see Zombieland 2? Uh, yeah, maybe I'll go see Zombieland 2. That's fine. Maybe we'll next week will be Zombieland 2. To, to get ready for Young Justice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, so that's your homework. See Zombieland 2. See Young Justice. We'll be covering them soon. 
eventually we'll do Eva because I said we were going to do Eva and I really want to do Eva. Um, and, you know, we'll just never talk about video games again. But, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, but if you'd like to talk to us about anything we talked about on this podcast, whether it be uh, Hong Kong or Destiny or, any, or, or anything else, you can reach us at simdervisplaygames at gmail.com or podcast at com. You can follow us at twitch.tv slash simdervisplaygames. Uh, you can uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, anywhere podcasts are found. Um, you can donate to us at patreon.com slash games um, if you feel so inclined. Um, that's everything I had. But do you have anything else you wanted to promote? <coughs> I have nothing else I'm looking to promote. In that case, until next time, dear listeners. Until next time, loyal listeners. Thank you.